0: Hey guys, welcome back to another Q&A Tuesday in a podcast format. As promised, I'm going to continue. I did take these off my YouTube channel, but as I promised, I'm going to continue going in an easier format. We felt that podcast is great and it kills two birds with one stone. You still get your Q&A Tuesday. You You still get to submit questions. It's probably easier to listen to these than to watch them anyway. Uh, let's jump right into it. For a question from Owen Roman: Love everything you doing currently. I actually have a question about comparing the rising prices of certain whiskey to the continuing prices of platinum Daytonas. For example, Pappy is now twenty six hundred when it originally retailed close to eighty thousand. Ludicrous. Do we see the prices only getting higher, or will it eventually crash and burn? Owen, I've told you guys before, I don't have a crystal ball, right? With everything that's going on in the market today, seemingly all the indicators are shown to the fact that, oh my God, this is a huge bubble and eventually it will all burst. I'll give you an opinion rather than an answer because, again, my opinion may not necessarily be correct. Uh, with the amount of money that's been printed out there and the amount of money that certain individuals, uh, and the amount of money that certain individuals of a high net worth, let's say, have made in the past. Have made in the past year and a half, be it stock market, be it crypto, be it real estate. Today, you name it, commodities, doesn't matter. Today, you name it, if you put your money into anything a year and a half ago, right when COVID started and throughout COVID, you have made a significant return on your investment. And smart money has been doing and has been doing for quite some time now, right? Take an average individual that can afford expensive watches, right? Nobody out there, maybe, would accept a few people to... Not as smart is taking their last bit of cash and putting it into a watch. Right? These things are expensive toys or passion investments, as a lot of people like to call them. Even though I don't believe watch is an investment. So here I am, and I have a net worth. Let's nah, let's let's do easy math. I have a net worth of a hundred dollars. And I follow all my standard practices of putting away for the future, such as college plans, 401k plan, uh, some mutual funds, a little bit of stocks, a little bit of precious metals, some crypto, some real estate. I'm well diversified within my investment portfolio for the future when I'm getting ready to retire, for when I'm getting ready to retire, and keeping the fact that I have a lot of kids that I want to take care of, help them go through college, etc. And of course, every, one, every single one of those investors will almost have those, uh, what I call side investments, right? Where I put a little bit of money here short term and a little bit of money there short term and, you know, make a nice hit, be it a particular stock or a particular crypto. People such as these and myself included, we get nervous when the market is up right and why you would say well why if everything is doing well it's because we're nervous that everything will eventually come down because we've been here for a little bit we've seen the trends in the history what goes up must come down and the economy is cyclical and it, it kind of goes you know it kind of goes in waves right eventually everything goes back up when things are coming down we're actually not as worried because we know that eventually we have because we know we have enough time for the stuff to come back up based on history right so what happens We get nervous and we're like, okay, wait a minute, I have all this extra income that just came in due to the hot markets, whichever market it may be, real estate, stock market, crypto, whatever. Let me park this somewhere that I deem to be somewhat safe, right? So let me park it in some passion assets, be it an exotic car, a rare car, a rare piece of art, a watch, if you will, or a few watches, right? Because in the very least, in the back of your head, you know, listen, the worst thing that can happen, maybe I'll lose 20% of the swatches. But in the very least, I know I'll most likely lose less than than some of the conventional places that I have my money in, be it the stock market, for example. So this is what happens, you know, and people are starting to continually park this money in all these passion assets, whatever they're passionate for, sort of getting that false sense of investment. But is it? At the end of the day... If I just parked a million dollars in particular watches, blue chip stuff, be it Rolexes, for example, right? Odds are I'm not going to lose a whole lot. At least I will lose a lot less if the Dow decides to go down 5,000 points. I hope you see where I'm going with this. And... Uh, and he's, here's the thing: Whiskies is another one, right? I actually collect a lot of bourbons. I'm very familiar with the prices of Pappy. I'm not sure which Pappy you're talking about, but depending on the vintage, the Pappy Twenty Three right now is trading over four thousand dollars. Some are trading for five, six thousand dollars. Again, depending on the vintage, the Buffalo Trace Antique Collections has gone through the roof. Bottles that retail for hundred and eight dollars, uh, depending on which bottle it is, anywhere from eight hundred dollars all the way out to six thousand dollars per bottle, right? Uh, and again, I'm not going to give you a bourbon lesson here. I have a lot. I have. <clears throat> I'm not going to give you a bourbon lesson, but you have a lot of guys out there that are quote-unquote investing into bourbon right now seeing what's happening, right? But that's no different than investing anywhere else with the exception of these are passion assets. And these are actually assets that over time there are less of them. So the smarter money is actually in whiskeys because at the end of the day, they produce X amount of bottles in a certain year. It's just like wine, right? And once 70% of that stuff goes down the hatch, you know there's less of it out there the prices go up even worse in fact i will tell you this that uh, the platinum daytona comes nowhere close to that of what's going on in the whiskey slash bourbon market and that's a different topic for a different day but i'll tell you one more thing I don't know how much longer this is going to last, and my opinion is that this may actually be the new norm. Lots of money got printed, lots of money out in the market, lots of money being made, and people spend money when they make money, and luxury goods sector has been booming like crazy, and I have a strong feeling it's going to be booming for a long time. I don't see an end to this anytime soon, and the biggest reason for that is reason number two is that Bottom line is people that have a lot of money, they're just fucking bored into them. It doesn't matter if they're spending $400,000 on a richer meal or 500000 on a richer meal because that money, $400,000 on a richer meal or 500000 on a richer meal, they're bored, they want to do something with their money, they want to enjoy the fruits of their labor. So I hope that answers your question somewhat, Owen. Next question. Roman, I'm considering buying either the new 41 millimeter Seamaster 300, but then I come across the new Tudor Black Bay 58. If you take price point out of the equation, which would you be more inclined to go with? This is my first luxury watch, and I want to eventually give it to my son without him thinking that's such an old man watch, Jericho. Well, Jericho, you know my answer to all these questions. You buy what you like first and foremost. Uh, Personally, I'd probably go with the Seamaster. Uh, And as far as... My son saying later, that's such an old man watch, depends on how old your son is. I see a lot of customers out there buying a watch as soon as their son or daughter are born saying, oh, this is something I'm going to pass down to them. Let me tell you something. I don't have a glass bowl. You certainly don't have a glass bowl. You don't know what the trends are going to be, let's say, 16, 18, 20 years from now when you decide to pass this down to your child. Odds are, your child will say, oh my God, this is such an old man watch. Think about your grandfather's watch or your father's watch. Would you wear that watch? So... Don't plan that far in advance. Buy what you like first and foremost today. Wear it and enjoy it. And guess what? If you pass that down to your son, hopefully the value is not going to be in what the watch looks like. If it's an old man watch or a new man watch, it doesn't really matter. The value is going to be in the fact that it's your father. The value is going to be the fact that it was passed down to your child by his father. The value is going to be in the actual passing down, right? It doesn't matter what the watch is going to look like when, if my father passes down a watch to me or my grandfather, it's valuable to me for the fact that it was passed down to me, not what it's going to be or whether or not it's in style. And hopefully your kids will receive that watch and wear it with pride, not because of what it is, but who it came from. Number three, Roman, I'm not sure if this is a Nico question or or you question, but I'm a big fan of the Wolf of Wall Street Street, aka Jordan Belfort. And I was wondering if he actually wears a Hublot. Why is that? All of the big. Why is it that all of the big name CEOs wear non-high pieces, Ben? I don't know the answer to that question. I don't know. If, um, I don't know if uh, Jordan Belford actually wears a Hublot. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. But uh, I want to mention Hublot and ask you: What defines a high piece? Is it what you see on Instagram? Is it what you see? people always talking about Rolex AP, Richard Mille, and Panic, right, specific models? Or is it based on sales? Let me tell you something. If you base this stuff on sales, Hublot is going to be in the top five just the same. All right. In fact, they're going to beat out most of the hype models with the exception of Rolex, obviously, because they make a lot more watches than that of Patek Philippe, that of, 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 that of Richard Mille, obviously, and Audemars Piguet. So at the end of the day... How do you look at this stuff? Hublot has humongous yearly sales. You can look it up online. I'm not going to get into numbers. But Hublot is a very top-selling brand. They're very popular because they do make good-looking watches. And I've said this numerous times. No offense to Nico. I know he hits Hublot, but I love Hublot. We sell Hublot here all day, every single day. People request them. We buy them up. We sell them. We stock them. It's a very sellable brand. And, and honestly, it has been since it came out, which wasn't that long ago, right? The big Bang, specifically, right? Uh, so uh big name ceos wearing nine high pieces you don't know that you can't you don't know what's in the collection of big name ceos i do business with a lot of big name ceos obviously i'm not going to drop any names and let me tell you something i've seen their collections and their collection is very very much diversified i think it becomes a question of what's available in terms of information online to look up hey what does this guy wear what does this collection look like um Even when Nico does his videos, which are funny as all hell, when he reacts to a collection of XYZ, be it a famous actor, athlete, or what have you, he gathers information where? He gathers it online based on pictures that have been taken, magazine covers, and things of that nature, not by going into that guy's home and looking at his watchwinder. So you really don't know what these CEOs are actually out there wearing, be it high pieces or non high pieces. I personally hope and I think that they wear what they like first and foremost and they could care less for hype or value retention. Hope that answers your question, Ben. And I'm gonna take one more from Chucky. We all know that they bring big money, but why do you hate bust-downs so much? Is there not as much uh, profit margin on them? I don't know who told you that I hate bust-downs. In fact, I don't hate bust-downs. I've told you guys numerous times before, I actually like diamond watches, I like to wear them. I think they look awesome. Uh, and I have nothing against bus downs. I just choose to wear factory bus downs, if you will, or factory diamond encrusted watches, just because. Just because I felt that if I'm going to wear something from a brand, BDP, obviously my favorite brand, I want to wear it as the manufacturer intended it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's sort of like the difference between the guy that wants to buy a car and customize the crap out of it, new wheels. Uh, uh, let's say with new wheels, uh, brake calipers, whatever it might be, accessories, wings, etc. cetera, versus the guy that wants to get everything from the factory as it stands, right? There's really no difference between the two. I don't hate bus downs We sell a ton of bus downs What we choose not to do is put them online alongside with factory pieces. What does that mean? I don't want to shake consumer confidence by having a diamond Rolex out there, let's say a pre-owned one, and next to it, there's another pre-owned diamond Rolex that's exactly the same with a price difference, let's say, of $5,000. Why would I do that? That would shake consumer of confidence. How do they know that the other pre-owned Rolex doesn't have papers, for example, the bezel is actually original, right? With today's day in technology, you can easily make something look exactly like it's factory. So I choose to sell bust-downs to those that request them, and a lot of my clients do request them, and I show them things, and they do buy them, as well as wholesale them. So I absolutely do not hate bust-downs. I think bust-downs are a great way to save a lot of money on a diamond-encrusted watch, because if you take any brand out there, be it Rolex, AP, uh, doesn't matter what brand you pick, the minute there are baguettes or regular diamonds added all over the watch or any kind of diamonds added to a watch, be it even a dial, the prices go up astronomically because the brands charge up for their diamond worth, not as much as those that take the same watches and bust them down. Hope that answers your question, guys. And that's going to be it for today's episode. I appreciate you guys tuning in as always. Remember, send your questions to Roman at LuxuryBazaar.com to continue making these Q&A podcasts possible. And I'll see you guys next Tuesday.